Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dirt roads to rock crawling, two buck chuck to screaming eagle, moonshine to 50-year-old single ball. We talk about it all here on Wheelin' Wine and Whiskey with your hosts, Jason and Chris. Welcome to the Wheeling Wine and Whiskey Podcast, episode 167, here in Studio L with my good buddy Chris. Hey, how you doing? You missed out on a hell of a trip, I got to tell you here. Yeah, no, it sounds, uh, just the stuff I saw on uh, social media, Instagram, I, I mean, a little bit was trickling through because obviously there's no cellular service in Rubicon Springs. Zero. But uh, I guess some people were early exits uh, either on Saturday or, or Sunday morning and some stuff did pop up on uh, the IG. I saw some uh, somebody on the Rubicon Trail uh ig page showing the cornhole tournament so it looked like all sorts of great activities were going on while you were at, at the springs this weekend uh the springs was hopping man it, it it was it was really cool to see my first jeepers jamboree is what we're talking about here this was the 70th um anniversary well that's your first one ever the first one i've ever been to uh been on the trail you know for 30 plus years um seen the springs empty you know without the jamboree going on and all the infrastructure right. uh you know the big barbecue pits and you know every year they just kind of add something and the, the the city grows um because you know there's the jeepers jamboree there's jeep jamboree they do a side-by-side right. uh, event now so there's different events that go through there uh throughout the you know the, this july time frame early august and uh this next weekend coming up is jeep jamboree jeep jamboree yeah and they got a side-by-side this week uh event (laughs) so um it it is crazy it's super cool but um yeah we'll get into some of that it's going to take a couple podcasts to uh to get up to speed here but um we're, we're fresh off the trail and uh, sitting down recording with you so we can get our, our podcast out this week. So I was able to interview uh, a few people there at camp. Yeah, you did in great. In Springs. So, yeah, you weren't there. Lorenzo wasn't there. I, I had to just, you know, make this happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, as I do. So, you know, there you go. Well, you're just giving till it hurts, man. You do, you do all the background. But I, I, did, I gave you some pretty clean edits, so, uh, you know, you should be all okay there. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to listening to this show and, uh, you know, learning more about Jeepers Jamboree. I know it's a super, super makes the trail super busy, and uh, one of the things that was interesting while I've been home or at work 
is reading some of the comments about is the trail open is yeah from 10 p.m to 6 a.m or whatever uh, people are like no you it's, it's a it's a county road we can go whenever we want and i'm no, like other people a, are like you can go but it ain't gonna be fun man I no mean, there's a parade permit and so they you know friday uh, a group or actually thursday a group comes in friday um, you know, a group comes in and then Saturday, Friday night, Saturday, everybody's back in camp. And right. there was, um, roughly, uh, 1300 participants and 300 volunteers. So there's 1600 people to feed. Um, I had the, uh, esteemed pleasure of being on the, uh, the cook crew, Ooh. uh, with uh, cooking, 70 plus people. Um, yeah, it, it was a blast. I mean, it was a lot of work, a lot of fun. The The camaraderie with that group is unbelievable. And there's people that have been doing it for 25, 40 plus years yeah. uh, on the cook crew. So there's some great stories. Um, and I, I only learned a handful of like real names. There was a lot of <laughs> nicknames that everybody had. Uh, you what's know, your, like, what's your nickname? Well, I don't have one yet. You got to earn that. And it takes oh. a couple of years. Well, I didn't do anything, you know, uh, that I know of anything stupid or anything to give me a, uh, uh, a nickname. Oh. Uh, or if you do something like, for example, the, the, they have a bartender in Dan that's been there for a long time. Uh-huh. I learned his real name, but he, he also is known as Mr. Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the bartender. Mr. There's Fizz. A, hey, Mr. Fizz. There's a full bar in the kitchen. Uh, why am I not surprised? I know. Well, so they used to have a rum runner. And it was, the, another interview I got, it kind of talks about it, but they used to run to the, the bar uh-huh. and, you know, get people's drinks and stuff. Well, it was kind of far and took time. And so they said, well, why don't we just put a bar inside? So Mr. Fizz took that over. So just an example. So, so wait, 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 wait. So there's a bar just for the cook staff? Yes. Yes. Holy so you, crap, I'm going to be there next year. You can serve yourself or there there's plenty of people uh besides Mr. Fizz that will keep your your cup full if you want. So what were what were the selections of bourbon? I mean, anything Oh good? no, you, did, you had Jack know. Daniels. Oh, j- <laughs> I mean, you got you got Jack Stoli or Sky. They had Sky vodka. Um, they had uh, beef eaters and uh, Tangeray gin. Okay, um, not a gin. Uh, Bacardi. Uh, they had a, a spiced rum. You know the Captain Morgan. So they had the staples. Uh, the staples were there. You know, you had orange juice, cranberry, um, pineapple juice. You had your tonic water. You you know so you had you had your and then of course you had your sodas you know you had Seven Up and Coke so um you know there's there was plenty there and then some random stuff would show up like there was a, a bottle to make um, old fashions with oh, okay you know um so, so I did it wasn't a couple highfalutin but there could be some highfalutin oh it was good but some people would bring oh tequila tequila was flowing some of those people oh the tequila sunrises in the morning I did not touch the tequila. Um, but yeah, it was not our friend. I did. I did a, a screwdriver in the morning. So Dan, Mr. Fizz, um, he, uh, brings over ice cream Okay, and, and he's got vodka and then your favorite, the peanut butter whiskey screwball. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and so I'm like, I'm watching him. So he's basically making like these mudslides sure. in the morning. So he'll blend up uh, and he got a new blender this year. He got like a good Vitamix blender because I guess he burned the one out last year. Is this a gasoline powered one? No, weed, it's, it's weed, electric. Wacker, so, Zachary Wacker or whatever they call so it. So he'll make up a blender full and walk around the kitchen filling everybody's cup. 
Uh, and then, but the, the, the great one was Saturday morning, he did Gin Fizzes. So that's how he got his name, uh, Mr. Fizz. Okay. And I, it, it's a tradi- tradition in our family uh, that my uncle started is uh, Gin Fizzes on Christmas morning. Sure. And, and I'm not a gin guy, but you don't taste the gin in a gin fizz. You know, it's got yeah. orange juice and, you know. Just a little uh, bit, just enough hair of the dog to wake you up. Yeah. And uh, really, good. so he did gin fizz. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is like Christmas morning here in the Springs. <laughs> So anyway, it, it, there's so many stories and it's, uh, it, it's good times, but the, you know, so there was dinner, pasta dinner on Thursday night and then breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Friday and Saturday and then Holy breakfast smoke. Sunday. So all those meals are getting, you know, hand prepared, fresh, hot, and handed out For to 1,600, 1600 people. people. That's quite the operation. The yeah. logistics, man. I mean, just uh, truck all that or haul all that stuff into the springs, and then keep it keep it chilled, obviously. Yeah, and then prepped and cooked and served. Holy yes. smokes! Yeah, and then haul the trash out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. It, so Saturday night is the biggest night because all the rock rollers, all the people that work the trail that live out on the trail for, you know, a few days for the event come into camp. So your mechanics, you know, there's a mechanics, uh, shop right there in camp, Okay, but there's mechanics out on the trail and stuff too, staged at Buck Island and all that. So all those people come in on, uh, on Saturday. So they get to enjoy, you know, camp and all the festivities and the entertainment and everything. So sit in the river, float around, get cooled off, get cleaned up. Exactly. So Jeepers Jamboree is not just for Jeeps. No, Jeepers Jamboree is not a strictly Jeep. It's run what you brung. There's all kinds of different vehicles. There's some really cool stuff. Um, I got to see some classic old, you know, CJ fives and stuff that have been doing that trail on this event for years. You know, they've okay. got, they've got all the badges of honor, the, you know, the stickers, uh, Jeeper Jamboree stickers, the Jeeper Jamboree dash plaques and everything. So sure. it's like a, a history book. Um, and you're looking at these rigs and, and, uh, I mean, you could just appreciate it's, it's a rough ride coming through. They're not on, you know, King coilovers and, and link suspension and stuff. They're on some, you know, clapped out, 1950s, 60s springs and those, those MDT tires or whatever. Uh, yeah, and then and then there's you know there's a bunch of old Willys, um, super cool to see. And then of course there's you know your jail uh, crowd with their windows up and and the you know latte maker going and, oh, and AC. Roll the windows and down, enjoy the mountain air. Listening to some smooth jazz as you're cruising over the Rubicon on your 40s, your uh, tons cap- and cappuccino. 40s. Yeah, there's some, but there was some some really neat rigs uh, uh, to see. What I was the most over the top one you saw? Most over the top one? Well, there was some custom builds. So there was like uh, this one guy had a five, started out as a CJ five, stretched it so it was like a scrambler or CJ six, right. um, and then put a Jeepster grill on the front, and it was it was pretty cool. You know, it was this this. Uh, bastard child uh of, of rigs but it 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 was cool um there you know uh, and then some of the willies just the old classic willies there was some super clean ones um and then they're the ones that were just you know just run over the trail for years and just put fuel and oil in them and just keep them going were there like rigs that didn't have roll bars with the windshield folded oh yeah down and oh just yeah like, yeah i see those guys going up some of the waterfall climbs and stuff with with basically a lap belt no roll bar windshield down and they're just going you know and i'm like man 
It's yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy, but um, there's a lot of traditions that have been going on uh, uh, in camp, you know, and there's just certain things that stick. And so uh, we got there. So I, I I rode in with Clint in his '69 Bronco, badass Bronco, okay, just like Tommy's, you know. Uh, and and super comfortable, had plenty of room for all our gear. I had the gazelle tent in the back and stuff. I'm like, you know, are we going to have room? He goes, oh, I got a Bronco. So I'm like, sweet. Um, and then Bob had his willies and Patrick had his willies. Okay. And so we got up there Wednesday to Patrick's house, drove up to, he lives in uh, Cameron Park, drove up to uh, Placerville to, to Bob Sweeney's place, shop, and picked up, Jeep trailers, you know, the Bantam Jeep trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we loaded up with food, whatever, you know, they load up in your trailer. There's a cold box there. There's a freezer box. And then they got all the dry goods. And then you got beer and and supplies for the the bar. Sure. And so all this stuff is just getting loaded up to the brim in these trailers. And then uh, we went back to Patrick's house that night. And then at 4 a.m. Thursday morning, we headed up the hill. So you're driving the rig. You're not towing... You're towing, you're uh, towing, towing trailers, trailer, but you're not, your rigs aren't on trailers. No, 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 no. And then the other thing is you got to think about all the participants and it just, there's no trailer parking it. Right. You know, we came in the Tahoe side, but right, right. everybody else coming in the loon side that are participants for the trail. But anyways, so, uh, we had breakfast, um, at the getaway in South shore Tahoe, right before the Y. Oh yeah. Dude, that place is freaking money. Oh, that's great. Had a chorizo scramble thing they had a chorizo benedict too as a special that morning i was like <laughs> i don't know if i could do chorizo oh, and then go so no, good no it's good on no it was good <laughs> so we topped off and then uh with fuel and then headed down to the you know cadillac hill uh into the springs and you know there was already people in camp that that you sure. know came out early um set things up i mean there's people that stay there literally like two and a half, three weeks um, wow. that lived there in the Springs for all these different events and everything. And so anyways, got in there and we get everything unloaded. Then the trailers get put off the side and then you start as the event goes on, they start filling up with garbage bags. Sure. And then they throw uh, chain link and ratchet straps over that. So the animals don't get in there, Raccoons and but we didn't have any animal instances that I, I know of. I wouldn't think with that many There's people in the so Springs, much noise. Yeah. They wouldn't so be speaking of noise. Thrilled. So, uh, we do dinner that night. It was, you know, pasta, garlic bread, all this stuff. Good, good, uh, wholesome dinner. So, uh, Friday morning. So, you know, we, we, all the food crew camps in what they call the VIP camp. It's behind the kitchen okay. by the river. Great place. But I mean, we're, we are literally, it looks like a homeless encampment because every square footage <laughs> is taken up with either a four wheel drive rig or a tent. Okay. I mean, everybody was just on top, but it was it was cool. It was a it was a fun community, right, to be part of. So um, that morning at right around six thirteen, six fifteen, I looked at my phone. Wow! Boom! And cannon went off, man. Oh boy! And I'm like, what the? I mean, it was not a gun. It was a, like an M80, freaking, you know. <laughs> stick of dynamite that went off and you know it just echoes through the cannon uh, the canyons there and i'm like you know i was awake but i was like what the fuck what's going on and everybody's like well time to get up you know and i'm like okay and so you know you walk into camp and you get your coffee and we're getting our assignments for the morning 
and I go, what the fuck was that? You know, this is my first, oh, they're like, oh, your first time. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's the Rubicon rooster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and on so that they, note. <laughs> they will randomly, they randomly set off in the, in the center of the lawn at the Springs, um, just random whatever time they decide to wake everybody up is when they do it. And you're getting up no matter what. And they said, well, you're awake. I mean, the one guy said he slept through it. I call bullshit, dude. It, it, it was like a bomb. And so, uh, I'm like, okay. So then, you know, I'm like, okay, well let's see what happens. You know, the next morning here, Saturday morning, and everybody was saying how late it was. Six fifteen was like too, way too late for uh-huh. this thing. So I'm, I'm waiting and, uh, 5.00 AM. Well, boom, echoes throughout the canyon. Wow. <laughs> so, so funny, wake up call. And I guarantee people at Spider Lake heard it. Oh, fuck. So, I'm thinking so, people, I, I heard it here. Yeah. I was wondering what that was. It's called the Rubicon Rooster. It's freaking That's... great. I, I, so the traditions like that, another tradition was uh, pastrami sandwiches or Rubens uh, for lunch on Saturday. Oh, I love a Ruben. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, there was burgers and the steak nights, another tradition. So it's just super cool to, you know, see the stuff, the, the tradition at the bar um, with, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the ladies' uh, you know, tracing out, uh, you oh, know, the, the certain, shape of their, yeah. Yeah. Boobies. 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 I like boobies. So, uh, it's, it's really cool. So this is the, you know, the Jeeper Jeep Jamboree is a family event. That's six right. years and older. Um, and they have kids stuff and, and, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, but this is 16 and older and, um, nothing got out of control, but it definitely was an adult party. Yeah, no, from one of those short videos you showed me, it definitely, uh, definitely Yeah, the is. entertainment. Uh, yeah, so there's so many stories, but uh, I'll just hit a couple highlights here, and then we're going to get into this interview that yes, uh, one of the many interviews I did here. Um, so uh, the Plakes were there again, so Glenn and Kimberly. Oh, good, good. So it was super cool. I, I caught them out the corner of my eye when we were uh, doing dinner, and then so after dinner, I was sitting there talking to some people, and then they were at the at the table next to me. So um, they came over and said hi, and so we talked several times throughout the weekend. Super cool. Um, and he drove uh, 1946 Willys in. Wow, that was part of the family. So last year he drove a 44 Willys, and uh, <clears throat> it had some issues and stuff. But he he drove the stalker through, right? Okay. Well, from those stories that he posted some family members that he hasn't heard from in a while says, Hey, you know, we still got uncle so-and-so's Jeep in the back here. If you want to take that through the Rubicon next year. Okay. So that's what he did. So he brought it, got it all fixed up. It ran great. He had a little carburetor issue. He said, um, but he had it fixed, uh, by, by uh, Saturday, Friday morning, Saturday. I don't know. It's all blurred to me, but he, he came to me the <laughs> next morning. He goes, oh, we got it fixed and drove Good. it down into camp. So, uh, I got some pictures of that. Um, and then uh, Dave Cole was walking around. Oh, Dave Cole, right on. So I'm like, is that Dave? <laughs> so um, that was cool to see him. Uh, Edwin Ab, uh, you know, Arturo Tires, 4400 yeah, yeah, yeah. driver, uh, was there. John Goodby was there with uh, NorCal uh, Rock Racing. Um, Danny Grimes from uh, Grandpa's Garage sure. uh, in Moab, Utah. Uh, so it was good to see him because I haven't been to Moab in seven years, something like that. And got to hang out and talk with Danny, and he he is he's got stories. It's just he's a cool guy, and a retired mechanic from the L.A. area. Bought a place in Moab, loves to four wheel, set up a shop, and and 
you can go there for free and work on your your junk. Right. Um, and he he doesn't do any of the wrenching, but he'll answer questions or point you in the right direction to get stuff fixed. And he's got a very, very well equipped uh, shop there in Moab. So um, that, that's always cool. Um, yeah. So it was just, you know, and then a bunch of friends and stuff I've met over the years of four wheeling and yeah, the who's who, it, it, well, yeah, it's just, it's a big event, you know, and some of these people have been going there for, you know, years. I mean, it's sure. just a tradition. They just make it happen. So, um, uh, one more final thing. Oh, met a, well, let's see. Tor, T-O-R. Met this, uh, there was a, the Norway Jeep Club. Really? Yeah, so him and another guy from Norway were there. Um, they had a rental. He called it a rental uh, Jeep, but they have brought their own vehicles in in the past, had them shipped over wow, and ran. Uh, really, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's, Norway. Yeah, no shit. I mean, that's, that's, uh, what do you do? Throw, you know, you don't throw it on an airplane. You got to put it in a shipping container. Oh, sh- and yeah, way ahead of time. And so, yeah. um, if you're listening, Tor, uh, I hand you a sticker and and stuff. I uh, I hope you had a safe trip back to Norway. Um, yeah. Probably oh, still on his way. Um, Raul Gomez. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, he was <laughs> okay. there at the corner of the bar. Oh shit! So it's just it's fun. Just you That's know, their bunch, backyard right there. So. Bunch of people. Um, so. Uh, more stories. Helicopter probably brought him in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was some funny, uh, so many funny shirts that people were wearing and some stickers and stuff on rigs. Uh, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. What do I got here? Oh, (laughs) there's one shirt that said, uh, uh, we broke up, but we could still be cousins. Shit. (laughs) And then, of course, he had the, the, you know, the Reagan shirt. I smell hippies, uh, you know, King of the Hammered. Uh, but there was some uh, uh, Malt Disney was another one that had a bunch of whiskey bottles. Oh, perfect. And I'm like, and it was like the, the Walt Disney logo. Sure. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking great. Um, I handed him a sticker. I'm all, nice shirt. Here's a sticker. Um, <laughs> oh, good. So anyways, yeah, it, it was super, super fun. Um, good, good stuff. So. Again, I'll just continue on next episode because we can go on and on about this thing. But uh, yeah. let's get into this interview. So um, I've uh, known this individual for uh, well, quite a few years, known her father for a long time, family okay. friend uh, of us there, uh, Ben Bowers. So we interviewed Charlene Bowers. Yeah. Um, so super cool. Finally got, I mean, we've only been doing this podcast thing for a little over three years and I've tried to get her on for the past three years. So, uh, our paths finally uh, collided. Um, you know, I told her, Hey, I'm going to be at the Jamboree. We got to sit down. So she has the ladies off-road network. Um, so she brought out, uh, nine ladies. Um, I believe eight, nine. Um, Ladies that have never been on the Rubicon before. So she educates them on, you know, what to expect, the mechanics of the vehicle, you know, all these different scenarios that you would you would come across um, off-roading. And her whole goal is to, in you know, these women that have the desire to go out there in their own rig is give them a safe place to... Um, fulfill their bucket list item of doing the Rubicon sure. or, or, or tackling other trails or just general off-roading. Right. So they'd been preparing for this trip and getting their rigs ready and all this stuff. And then they got to come in and do the trail and uh, they made it in with, with zero issues. Great. Um, so it was cool. So got to sit down with her um, Saturday morning 
after breakfast and uh, got to meet the ladies and uh, it, it was fun. So uh, let's let's go ahead and play that interview, shall we? Yeah, let's roll it. Welcome to the Wheeling Wine and Whiskey Podcast, and I have a special guest here today. We are on remote at Rubicon Springs at the Jeepers Jamboree 2022. Charlene Bauer is with us from the Ladies Off-Road Network, Bauer Media. Goes on and on. <laughs> it does long go time, on and long on. Long-time <laughs> off-roader. I know your, your family really well, um, your dad, Ben. and So anyways, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about you and... Uh, and then we'll get into this ladies off-road network. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show Absolutely. as always. I appreciate you very much. And what a more beautiful spot to be sitting in talking about wheeling and whiskey. <laughs> how, how great is this? Yeah. Uh, we're we're in the Mecca. We are in the Mecca. We are in the granddaddy of all trails, the Rubicon Trail, the Rubicon Springs on the granddaddy of all events, the 70th anniversary of the Jeepers Jamboree. And we just finished the history lesson with Rick Morris. Uh, there's so much history sitting here. And we are now sitting here as part of history, which is also pretty rad. Absolutely right. Yeah. It, it, this is my first time at the Jeepers Jamboree. I mean, I've heard stories. I've had friends go and stuff. And uh, holy smokes, what an eye-opening experience. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to throw it to you then. Yeah. What's your first impression? What do we got? So first impression. So I'm part of the food crew. So yep. I got fully immersed into this thing and uh so we loaded up the trailers wednesday night the jeep trailers hauled them in from tahoe side on thursday afternoon and um this place was absolutely packed and electric right and we did dinner that night and the line didn't stop i mean there's over a thousand <laughs> people i heard there's somewhere around 1600 people meals that we're serving 1600 meals and um i like to cook but uh holy smokes it's it's just it's overwhelming yeah. You know, when you, you just, everything going on. And, and the history is super cool, too. So I've been running this trail for a long time. But, you know, to see this all come together and it, it fully delivers on what people, you know, say about it. Yeah, the, the team at Jeepers Jamboree is a special group of people. They dedicate all of their time to doing this. Um, and, you know, take time off of work. Like, it's not really a paid gig. No, no. <laughs> this is something they do for the love of the sport and the love of what's happening. Um, the directors are all part of it. You know, they, they've bought in to make sure that this property remains ours so that we can continue to have these events. And I was chatting with the guys last night. I'm like, I can hardly wait to be on the 100th anniversary trip. <laughs> and they're like, heck yeah, let's make it happen. I'm like, well, it will happen. It's going to happen. And I'll see you there. There you go. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's a passion. You know, people are very passionate about this, this hobby and sport. And then, you know, you have an event like this that has the history and it's, it's, I mean, the characters in that kitchen are unbelievable. The stories <laughs> yeah. that are going around and the camaraderie and, you know, and the whiskey just, and the whiskey and the whiskey They're, and the, the wine, well, I was, <laughs> the whiskey. <laughs> it was, a, yeah, there was a, you know, there's a full bar in the kitchen and then you got Dan in there serving drinks in the morning to you when you first get in and it, it's, it's, it makes it nice. Yeah. Best yeah. way to, best way to cook. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so so let's get into the, the ladies network here. So how did that get all started and uh, well that's a that's an interesting story. So I started working in the off-road industry 27, 28 years ago. Uh, my very first job was changing dirt bike tires in a motorcycle shop. <laughs> So I went in and said, I want to work here. And they're like, uh okay. And so, you know, as vetting process, the very first thing that you have to do is go change tires in the back, sure. right, to see. And I went back there to change a tire, 
And they're like, she's going to come out and quit. And instead I came out like, oh, my God, that's so cool. You have a machine. My dad makes me do it on the grass in the front yard <laughs> with a bucket. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, dang it, we're not going to get rid of her. <laughs> uh, it probably took about five years after that when they finally told me that I was the first girl they had ever hired at that motorcycle wow. shop. And so we were changing the trends and making things happen. Uh, it was in the power sports world and upper retail management of motorcycle shops for about 10 years it was at the beginning of the side-by-side -side scene when in the magazine business we did sand addiction and side-by-side -side action magazines and then 2008 happened and it crashed everything crashed um so what a better time than to start your own business in yeah why a not session i mean that's always yeah. the smartest thing to do so I did that, <laughs> and that's when Bauer Motorsports Media started. I uh, did PR and marketing for racers, companies, and events. Um, that's why I'm super lucky and blessed to know so many racers, so many different companies, and, of course, be at the core to very many of those events uh, between the racers here, etc. And uh, and so then the story goes, you know, about six years ago, I am burnt out. I'm like done. And when you have a regular job, you just decide, well, I'm going to go get a new job. Sure. Right? It's time to switch companies. It's time to do something else. Well, that's cool till you own your company. And you're like, how do you quit yourself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I really had to do some inner thought processing of what did I want to do? And can I work a nine to five job? I'm not sure that's like one of the things that I can handle. <laughs> and so uh, I, I just realized through that whole process that I'm the luckiest person alive to be able to do what I do every single day, go to these events, meet the people, do the work. But I wasn't taking time for myself to enjoy the moments that we were there. Okay. You know? So I was traveling all over the country doing everything, but I was hauling in super fast and hauling out as soon as the event was done or haul, you know, as soon as things were done. Um, so I started to change my travel plans and add an extra day and, you know, have an extra like hour, stay up and have a drink and have a chat Enjoy with somebody it. and yeah, start to get to know people better and um, not just have my head in a laptop with the computer going. So in the mix of that, I chose to shut my business down and I was shutting it down, but I had a whole year to do that because I had a bunch of contracts that were out. And I'm not that person. I'm not going to leave anybody hanging. So, uh, so I was shutting the contracts down. So money was going down. You know, this is that <laughs> economics graph that you saw in college yeah. that we never paid attention to. This was the, clearly the day I missed. So I shut all my contracts down and the money was going down. And at the same time, I'm like, you know, there's now a movie called the yes, yes day or yes year. Well, I did that way before the movie was cool and said okay anything that comes my way i'm gonna say yes where before i was too busy or i had to do this or sure. i had to do that or i'd take care of a client and now i'm like yes 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 so uh bfg tires always a huge supporter of mine they came to me and said well we have this event that we just uh took on as a prime sponsor 36 hours you worry do you want to be our pro team and i'm like yes bad plan should have done some research <laughs> <laughs> and then uh they had a, another event that we had won the year before here in reno and they're like will you do that again for us i'm like yes and i'm like 
cool. And so they got two yeses. And I'm like, you know, my friend just started this new event and it's brand new. It's an all female thing. It's a rally type thing. I'm not really sure what it is. It's called the Rebel Rally. You know, will you support me in that? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) All right. This yes thing is working. Yeah. So, um, so then I needed a co-driver with each one of those events and they're all strategically different. And I said to myself, if I'm feeling this way in my own job, in my own business, other women feel this way mm-hmm. too. And so I put the challenge out. The very first ever Ladies Off-Road Challenge came out and um, we, we put it together in two weeks. I called BFG. I'm like, do you mind if I do like this challenge contest for my co-driver? They're like, anything you want, just do it. It'll That's be cool. fine. So we launched it, Easter Jeep Safari, and we had two weeks for girls to enter. And it was, you could, you had to fill out like this huge essay and these pictures. Like it was hard to enter is what I'm trying to say. Cause I didn't want slackers. Sure. Like, I don't want slackers in my co-driver's seat. Right. We got to get this done. Right. <laughs> and so 91 women from around the country entered to be my co-driver in less than two weeks. Wow. And that was a big deal. That's huge. That was a huge eye-opening moment for me and and pretty much the industry saying, whoa, like we know girls are here. We know they're around, but here is like this punch of boom. Here they are. Absolutely. Um, so luckily I had a process in mind because really I only wanted 10 people to enter. Yeah, how many so did I you could, think we're going to enter? Yeah. I'm like, well, as long as 10 people enter, I can find three that have enough vacation time to hang out with me. <laughs> 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 like that's what it came down sure. to, right? So luckily I had a process in mind and we went through the process. Uh, we ended up um, switching out the event that was here in Reno for Trail Emissions. So it's an ABC special if you want to go look it up in Trail Emissions. Uh, and that. then. We had the 36 Hours You Worry, which was 36 hours in North Carolina, building bridges, uh, doing winching, all kinds of crazy, crazy. We ended up second in the pro class. I'm like super proud. And this is with a lady that just, it's you. It's you listening. It's not anybody, you know, like... With this pedigree of off-road. Yeah, thank you for the words. Exactly. Like, there's nothing like that. It's just somebody somebody that entered and wanted to do it. And so we we did not sleep in North Carolina in the (laughs) middle of the night. (laughs) There's a video on that, too, and it's pretty hysterical. There's, like, these patches of blackness while I... uh, patch us into the next day and it was us in the tent being delirious because we were so out of it um but yeah we took second in the pro class and then then uh, the rebel rally came and uh we took um uh first in the very first yeah. ever rebel rally that's great so yeah. super proud of all those um and in the meantime between that you know again i'm shutting my business down um, Barbara Rainey calls me and, you know, towards the end of the year, we start doing contracts for the following year. And I'm like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I'm shutting my business down. And if you don't mind, just don't tell people to call me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just really hard to say no. <laughs> so if you just like stop them before they call, that would be really cool. And she's like, you know, Charlene, you just need to breathe. You just need to take a minute. I'm like, no, I've been breathing. I don't need to take a minute. We're shutting this thing down. Like, I don't know. I'm going to go work at Cold Stone in their marketing department like that was my goal in life okay yeah it's just down the street from my house i love ice cream corporate i'm like i can if i can sell tires i can sell ice cream heck yeah it sells itself (laughs) (laughs) so uh so anyways two weeks later she calls me 
And I'm just thinking she's calling to see if I'm breathing. And she calls me back and says, so <laughs> uh, I'm calling on behalf of the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame. And you've been nominated as the rising star in the industry oh category. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Did you know this two weeks ago? She's like, I did. I'm like, okay. So that was an interesting moment. And I got off the phone and called my parents. And my parents are rad. And we'll talk about them in a minute, right? But I make them get on the phone together because they don't communicate, right? You know, your parents probably don't either. So I make them get on the phone at the same time. And I'm like, you want the good news or the bad news? And of course, my mom, oh, the good news. And I'm like, okay. So we talk about the nomination and everybody's excited, which it is. I mean, holy cow, right? Like, this is rad because that's your, that is your peers. Exactly. Putting you in that position. And that's also your peers that will vote for you to do that. Right. And um, (laughs) so then my my dad's like, well, what's the bad news? I'm like, I can't quit. What am I going to do? Take my resignation letter to the, <laughs> to the podium and say, hey, thanks for believing in me, but peace yeah, out. See ya. I'm see out. Bye bye. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, fine. So um, my dad on that phone call said, well, this girl thing is really something. And if you, you're probably the only one that can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I think this is a false positive. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And so for the next year, I, I committed to one year okay, and I did a ton of market research because I would sit down with corporate corporations and they want to know, well, how do we sell to women? Like what's their thing? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's figure that out. And so I did. And I spent a ton of time doing market research, uh, AKA we went on some rad trips. (laughs) These girls all thought that they were going on rad trips with me. No, I locked the doors and they had to talk to me for like eight hours. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So they were my market research friends. And uh, we built Ladies Off-Road Network to what it is today, which is constantly changing. It has not been the same thing uh, practically month to month, but for sure not year to year in what it is doing. However, the core is exactly what it is. And what women want is education. They want to know what's happening. They want to learn. They want to, you know, they're not like guys like, oh, I'm just going to jump in my jeep yeah, and figure, figure it, it out, out on yeah. the way, right? Yeah. We don't have that personality type. Right. So they want to learn. So education is core. And then adventure. Like women want to go out and have rad adventures, do cool things, be places, see things. But the key word is safely. Mm -hmm. So they want education in a safe environment. They want adventure in a safe environment. So that is what Ladies Offered Network provides at the 100%. Any program that you see that I put on, that is the goal. It's education in a safe environment or like here we have eight rad ladies that just drove in with their co-drivers that were the team of teams and um, they're all here on this rad adventure in quote a safe environment. Like we provided that for them. Uh, with the VIP opportunity as well, so that, that's that's how la- yeah. that's like the short, long version of how Ladies Offered Network started. But it's kind of an interesting story in the bigger picture. Sure, and that was how many years ago was the? Oh yeah, the one year was the, the <laughs> so one that year. One year plan was six years ago. Oh, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I always goof around. I'm like, yeah. Uh, last well during 2020, it was an interesting moment, right? As everything shut down. 
the the insecurities of everybody and everything and every business was probably at the height. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people shut their businesses down, and I do not disrespect them for that at all. Uh, I I ran the numbers, I ran the spreadsheets. I'm like, you know what? This would be a perfect time to shut this baby down if mm-hmm. I wanted to mm-hmm. because it's an easy out, right? Right. And um and so I ran it all. And yeah, the spreadsheet's always in the red. It never comes out in the positive. But uh, um, I looked at the bigger picture and said, if there was ever a time where we need community and we need as women to stand together and we need adventure and we need education and we need some kind of focus, this is it. And so I made a huge stance and I said, we are not shutting down. Instead, we are creating lifetime memberships. And so now we have ladies that are invested into our into our group of friends for a lifetime. And it's kind of my running joke. Like I tried to leave the industry right? and I couldn't like it pulled industri- me back in. The industry wouldn't let you leave. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, regardless, y'all are stuck with me for a lifetime. It's not going to look like this in another couple years, but as long as you have the flexibility to ride the wave with me, like we're going to have a blast. Well, it's, it's, it happened organically. Right. And yeah. then, and then that's four wheeling too. You're constantly adjusting you know, your rig, you know, adjusting for the trail conditions. I mean, this trail, as you've known, you've done it, you know, several times. Uh, a little bit of rain changes the entire trail, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, uh, you rocks move. The line that, that the Jeep went on or, or four-wheel drive in front of you may not be the right line anymore. So you're, you're constantly making those adjustments. So you're no stranger to all that. Exactly. Exactly. And I say that a lot of times, too. Like, all right, everybody, we're coming up on a waterfall. What do we want to do here? Yeah. So <laughs> Are so, we bumping running or are we not? So, what, yeah, share, share a story that sticks out with you of taking <laughs> a group of ladies out off-roading and, you know, you can't obviously there's no way to account for everything you try and prepare the best you can but what was one of those major like detours or something maybe that that stood out that ended up being a a really cool thing you know knock on wood um between the ladies preparation and their ocd ADD, ACHD, all these things. Right? Oh my gosh, I love them. To, I love them to death. And you know, we're all A type personalities. Mm-hmm. Let's just make sure we're all very clear about this. <laughs> so, with all of that, like the preparation for from them is pretty much been on point. And I'm really proud to say that we rarely have any dramatic issues. Um, we play medical emergencies every once in a while. I have some fake blood in my, in my Jeep. And so like, I'll come out and fall and, you know, cut my leg and cover it up with my hand where there's not really a cut and make them, make them come and save me, quote Uh unquote, uh, because we really push wilderness first aid. We do a big uh, push with that and getting people certified. Um, so there's, there's a lot of fun along those lines, but just being out and, watching them and the panic faces coming into an obstacle. And I'm like, no, you totally got this. You totally got this. Just follow my line, follow the spot, follow us through and the smiles and the, the giggling at the end and maybe a little bit of cussing at me in the middle. (laughs) But, uh, but the, the end result is always like, Oh my gosh, I just did that. And I'm like, yes. And you just proved to yourself that you can do it over and over and over again. Like I have confidence in you, but that vehicle and their skill set, they're building confidence in themselves every single time. So my job in some ways, and 
some people like it, some people don't, is to kind of, it's pushing you past your comfort zone. Have to, yes. I'm, my job is to push you past that comfort zone so that then when you go out on your own with your group of friends, whatever, and you're sitting in here, you're like, psh, That's I got nothing. this. Yeah. Yeah, I totally got this because I understand everything. And I, one of my more rewarding moments is when the girls call me on a Monday or, you know, afterwards or I get a picture or, you know, sometimes they're calling crying, but not usually. <laughs> but it's like, hey, you know what? I did this or I told the spotter where I wanted to go. Perfect. I told them what line I wanted and said, this is what my Jeep can do. Put me on this line and where everybody else was having a challenge they climbed right up it. I'm like, <laughs> that's the full win for me right there. Yeah. So going back to that where, you know, you come up on an obstacle and you've got a, a newbie wheeler and that's nervous, very nervous. They're nervous of breaking their rig one, you know, and two is like, I, I I've never done anything like this before. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I get to experience that with our, our safety clinic year in, year out. And it, it's so cool. I love it. I mean, it's super rewarding for me too, but it's, it's, you, you take a different approach with each person and rig, right? You can't, there's no carbon copy. It's like, Oh, what I told her is what I'm going to tell the next one. No, right, right. you know, you got to kind of see gauge what their level is on that anxiety level. You know, if they're super freaked out, I'm like, Hey, just, shut off the Jeep for a second. Let's just talk about this. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how this is going to, you're going to hear rocks hitting underneath your rig or whatever it is. So kind of <laughs> yeah, prepare. That's a thing. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's what those it's good. Are. Exactly. You that's what, that's why you <laughs> paid all that good money for those skid plates. Exactly right. Exactly. But it is, it's, it, it's, so it's having to adapt. And so I'm sure you've, you know, over the years have, have learned a lot from seeing these different situations and how people react to them. Yeah. And, and the, the, Pro tip that I'll give everybody right now is drink a ton of water. Yes. Like hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. It sounds silly, but drink a ton of water. You know, we've been using those hydration packs now, the IV packs, which are pretty cool. Um, because that's what helps your brain function, period, is water. And then I feed these girls more than they could ever eat. I think I out. <laughs> Bob and I were like, I don't know, we were kind of warring up a little bit the other day about who feeds better at events. <laughs> oh, 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 all right. Good. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, but, you know, just having the simple sugars uh, for this trip here in the Rubicon, I gave everybody two packages of Skittles. Oh, there you go. Skittles, it's fast sugar. Uh-huh. Right? You take a little handful and it's a pretty, it's pretty immediate fast sugar moment. So if you're on that up, down, up, down, especially on a long trail like this, and you're starting to get into that, that rut, then that simple sugar of a Skittle situation can bring you right back into where you need to be. So it sounds silly. Like, Oh, all this prep work with my vehicle and everything else. I'm like, yeah, but where's your prep work on yourself? Like, Very- making sure that you're hydrated, make sure that you're eating and making sure that you keep your sugar level to where you can concentrate and be there. 100%, especially up here, the air is dry. You're at altitude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And people overlook it all the time. And I've seen so many people that are, yeah, starting to fade on the trail. And it's like, here, drink this water, drink yeah. this Gatorade, something to to get yourself back. Yeah, because you're you're turning that wheel and pressing that throttle and stuff. You got to be. And there's a lot of decision making going on in a, in a, you know, we're not racers. We're not doing this super fast, but there's a lot of wheel movement and m- maneuvering of the vehicle in a short distance, a short space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super technical. So, so, okay. So, um, new lady signs up for this event. I mean, kind of walk us through, is it, 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 do you do one day events? Are they all weekend trips or 
you got variety throughout the year. Uh, Life is all about change yes, and variety. There you go. <laughs> uh, so the one thing that we have that's consistent is our convention. And even that, I just threw out the window and made it way better. Bigger, better, badasser is our 2022 statement. And I had no idea what that was going to be until <laughs> uh, until we started to... We have a home base in Moab, Utah that we're working on. So Great. our convention just got moved from Arizona in August. Okay. Which that started because of COVID. And, you know, we I, had, I knew Arizona was a safe space for us to do something, continue to do something. Um, and now we're moving it to Moab in October, which I am so excited about. I love Moab in October. It's my favorite time of year there. I already take groups there that during that time. So to be able to have our convention there where we were struggling a little bit with helping people understand, yes, you can learn a lot about off-roading in a hotel. Mm-hmm. You truly can. Like I can teach so much in that environment. But now being able to hit a trail for half a day, a day, I think that's going to help everybody understand, oh, well, okay, and we can do this also. Um, So that's going to change that up. Um, Online, I'm online every single Tuesday uh, for a lesson. So anybody can jump on. It's free to jump on. You don't even have to be a member or nothing. And you can listen to the 15-minute lesson and or ask any question that you have. It's that you don't know what you don't know moment. Fair? Yeah. 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 And so we do that. Um, and then we have our live at five, which just gives everybody a rundown on what's happening throughout the, the time. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of like, okay, we got this year, we ended up having three VIP events. I took ladies to King of the Hammers to Easter Jeep yeah. and here. Um, so we had VIP opportunities. Um, last year, during COVID time, I turned my entire backyard into an event space because, well, there were no events, no, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess I can say it now. <laughs> I, uh, I invited ladies over and we internal marketed quite a bit. And we had five day skills camps where I'm like, hey, come come camp in my backyard and let's have a great time. And we'll go wheeling during the week. And um, so we did that. We did a bunch of five day skills camps and but the Moab scene is going to change it a little bit to where uh, people come to Moab at different times of year mm-hmm. or they come with their own groups. And so I have a BLM permit in order to take groups out. Okay. And so they can reach out to me and hire me for a day or th- up to three days and take their group out. All education based. I'm not a tour guide. Sure. Um, sure. I'll tell you where the dinosaur tracks yeah, are. Yeah, I know right. where they are. Right. Like I know where all the cool stuff is. But uh, you're hiring me to go with you to teach you better skill sets like that's my job that's what I'm excellent at that's what I want to give back to our community is that skill set to where you can become a better wheeler by the time you leave and um, so people can come in they can come in and do one-on-one classes or if they're coming with their group and they're going to be there for a week and they want me to join them for a couple days they have that option so I'm pretty I'm very excited about that change it's a up huge opportunity in the in the system and in the scene and um, that we there's a lot of tour guides that are in Moab, but there's only a few of us from the International Four Wheel Drive Trainers Association. We're certified trainers uh, that offer that opportunity and that level of knowledge base that you can go out and really learn some stuff in a short m- amount of time. Exactly. So you touched upon uh, first aid that you teach, and you also do some basic. Mechanic- I don't teach that. Oh, okay. One. Well, well, you yeah. you, you talk host, about it. I host it. Okay. I host it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. so I mean. Because when you're out on the trails here, you know, 
cell phone usually doesn't work. If Correct. you're a ham radio operator, good on you. That good that helps you. out a lot. Yeah. You know, that's that's really popular. But it's still popular, an hour you know. for a heli to exactly. come get you. Exactly. So it's like you're your own medical, your mm-hmm. own police, you know, the, the whole deal. It's um, a big deal. Uh, mechanics. So uh, do, you, do you go through some basic, uh, you know, tire changing and you know stuff that happens on the the trail and all that good stuff right yeah yeah so um on the mechanic side of things uh no nobody is expected to be a mechanic but if you it goes back to the thing i said from before you don't know what you don't know right and i've always said well i don't necessarily know how to do that but if i have the tools to do that, I guarantee you, I could sweet talk somebody into we're gonna, helping We're going to find somebody, yes. right? Like somebody knows how to do it, but they just may not have the tools. So if I have the tools, I know I can find somebody to help me do what I need to get done. Fair enough. Yes, like that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So um, that's my strategy, and that's what I try and communicate. Yet at the same time, it's so much fun. At the end of our our class that I do, I have like a five hour class that I travel around the country. And at the, the very last thing we do is we change a tire. And so the whole time I can see the anticipation, like I can't change a 37 inch tire. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Right. And every single woman, it doesn't matter if they're five foot two and a hundred pounds. I'm like, you can do it. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how. And sure enough, they get down on the ground. You know, you get down and dirty with that big old BFG tire down there. And they take it off and they put it back on and they're like, I've had girls in tears because they're just so excited that they had that they have the opportunity now to be able to do that and that confidence that goes behind it. So, um, yes, we teach that. Um, yes, you know, through the mechanics of gear sets and gear changes, like I was saying in the convention, how we have the opportunity for, um, uh, teaching inside Mm -hmm. is we had Andrew from let's roll there one day and he is the Yukon master installer and their, their group is who teaches all the Yukon uh, people and so they brought their stuff into the hotel and the girls got to play with gears oh, and slipping cool. them in and out. And they're like, oh, and oh, the locker goes there. Like, where does the locker go? That's one of the funnest thing, funnest conversations I have is, okay, everybody, so where's the locker? <laughs> <laughs> and I locker. bet right now there's half of the people are like, I know right where it is. And half are like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's in the little carrier right in between the gears and the pumpkin sure. and your axle. and. You just don't think about things like that and how it all engages and disengages. And so those are the conversations we get to have all the time. And how it benefits you off-road, right? Yeah. When and and why. Yeah. The when and why. Exactly. And that's the other part with girls. Like, we want to know why, 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 why. We're like three-year-olds. Why, (laughs) why, why? And so they're all nodding. (laughs) Even the girls listening, they're like, well, yeah. (laughs) So we want to know why, why. And that's also my teaching method is I'm going to tell you not only how to do it. I might tell you how to do it right now really fast because we need to get it done right now. Sure. And then we'll come back to the why. But this is the portion of the pie where it's like, this is your why, and here's how we do it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. explaining explaining the basics there and everything. And it's, um, you know, another aspect is, you know, when you're learning how to four-wheel off-road, it's like you put somebody in one of these, you know, $90,000 Jeeps out here that are fully set up, lockers, 40s. 
they're you're not you're not you're not going to learn to really four wheel very well, you know, because those are point and shoot vehicles. If you can start out with something and build it up and learn, and and then when you get that locker, you're going to really truly appreciate it. It's like. Yeah, this is money well spent, you know, and that winch, that first time that winch, you know, you winch out your friend or you have to use it to recover yourself. So um, it, it's always nice seeing you, you talk about all the rewarding aspects of when somebody goes out and conquers an o- obstacle and all that. And then, then that other part of it is seeing them build their vehicle up right. and just empty every pocket, which Jeep's, Jeep stands for. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you get to that point And uh, it's yeah, it's 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 a blast. Yeah, the JK market really changed things a lot. Um, when the JK market came out and the aftermarket finally caught up exactly. with it, right? All of a sudden, there's bling here and bling there and 40-inch tires here and, you know, all this stuff. And and then these uh, these people would go and buy these vehicles um, because they are. They're awesome. Yeah. They're rad. They were totally built. And so they would go and buy these vehicles but not know how to drive them. Mm -hmm. And so we would look from the outside looking in, you know, we were guilty judging a book by its cover. And so we would look at these vehicles and we're like, Oh my God, this thing is totally built. So I'm good. You know, driver knows what they're doing. They clearly built a great ride. And and then, and then they're like, smash, smash, smash. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. We don't have a driver. (laughs) The brakes. Yeah. (laughs) So we got to catch the driver up to the vehicle now. Yes. And, um, so that's been a lot of fun through that JK market. And then just having the opportunity for Jeep to sell such a capable, uh, vehicle and for Bronco now to be selling such a capable vehicle, which pro tip, if you're looking at a Bronco, do not not get the stay bar disconnect must have must have um and then you know we always have our toyotas out there we got a lot of land cruisers that are coming out sure i'm starting to work with a bunch of um ladies and guys that have the subarus <laughs> i mean that's so much fun to get little vehicles through like the outbacks and yeah, stuff I'm okay like, oh you want to do that okay well you're looking yeah. at the ground clearance yeah <laughs> yeah totally looking at ground clearance i'm like well this will be fun this will take a little bit longer but we can do it so uh, it's just fun to watch that also and see how people have been able to get into it. Um, the overlanding community, you know, they and even our mountain bikers and our hikers, they're all taking their vehicles to remote locations. Um, and that's a big deal for me from the Tread Lightly perspective. I'm on the board of directors for Tread Lightly and just making sure that people understand that you may not consider yourself an off-roader, but you are the second that you put your tires on the dirt. 100%. And just to be respectful of that trail and that um, the process in which you are out there. Uh, and then do your research and do your homework so you don't get stuck somewhere. Uh, the maps map system, we were going mountain bike riding, and Google Maps took us on a <laughs> literal trail to get to our, to our start point. Uh-huh. And I was, I delegated, (laughs) I delegated and gave somebody else the opportunity to get us to the head of the mountain bike trail. Right. And so when he told me where we were going, I'm like, Oh, okay. I kind of have an idea. Easy, you know, go to the camping area and then go down the road. And all of a sudden we're on this dirt road and I'm like, what's happening here. And then next thing I know, we come around a corner and there's a Yukon with its step smashed in you know we're trying to get that taken care of and get him off the trail and oh boy turn a bunch of people around which is google's fault yeah but we kept going because well that's what we do (laughs) and here i am in my flip-flops and kind of upset because we didn't check out with anybody and now we're 
in four low with our mountain bikes on the rack in the back. Right. It, it did make for great pictures. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, here we are doing our thing. And um, so you can get yourself into a lot of trouble really fast also if you're not paying attention doing any kind of outdoor activity. So that's also a big pro tip. It, huge. Uh, and that's, you know, the good and bad of all these very capable vehicles coming out. I mean, we're seeing it with the side-by-sides now. Somebody can go out for you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars and get a way capable yeah. darn near race car esque uh, vehicle and have zero knowledge of what this thing can do or what kind of danger you can get into. Yeah. And uh yeah, there's definitely a a, a a need for education in the all this stuff. And yeah, you go out and buy, hey, I got this four wheel drive van, I wanna get off to go mountain biking or whatever. Right. Yeah, you, you like say, hundred percent when you hit that that dirt, you need to know what's going on and yeah, I just heard there's a couple states that are putting into action for the side-by-side community where they have to go through a class, an online class, to get a, a cool really, permit yeah. to drive type thing. And I'm sorry, but I support that 100%. I, I do too. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you are a seasoned wheeler or if you are a brand new one. It doesn't, it, it truly doesn't matter to me. If you're a seasoned wheeler, then take the five minutes and do the class and be respectful to the entire industry. And if you are a new one, take the class and learn what we're about and what's happening and what your responsibility is out on the trail. Uh, it's a, it is a big deal. So I think every state should adopt this, but I'm really proud of the couple that are coming in right now and putting the program together. Can you together. name those states? No. Okay. So yeah, with you, oh, that's fine. <laughs> no, I got that it. was privy information, but I know that's, it's coming. That's And good. I just want everybody to know, I think it's a great plan and everybody needs to have that attitude. It's, yeah. This is a good plan, especially if you're in the off-road industry. Because, you know, we're catching a lot of heat for the people that are new. And it's not fair to the new people because how, how did they learn? Yeah. Right? So yeah, unless they find somebody like myself and sure. fold into us or fold into a club that's willing to take on the the newbie process, um, it's hard. It's hard to learn all that. So. Yeah, there's a lot to learn as yeah. well. Um, so that's cool. So talk about Tread Lightly real quick because, uh, yeah, you've been on that board for how long now? Uh, but you've been involved year. for a long time. Yeah, I mean, we, we've time. all, you know, that was ingrained early on in four wheeling. I mean, as long as I can remember, I always knew about tread lightly, you know, that program has been around for a long time. Yeah. But so I, yeah. So we just talked about some of the challenges that you're facing with the side by sides and stuff as, as a, a tread lightly. Um, so what, just, just give me a little, little so, tread lightly uh, sure. info, if you yeah. would. So, tread lightly, uh, tread lightly is a very important program, and it is our communication group for all of us off-roaders that are out there trying to get information out about being responsible. So, travel responsibly, respect the rights of others, educate yourself, avoid sensitive areas. And do your part is what the TRED, tread stands for. The T-R-E-A-D. And, um, yeah. yeah, so it's really important that we do all of those things. But the communication is a part of that, and that's what the group does. But the group also has uh, been putting on a bunch of stewardship projects. So, like, we did five, four or five in Moab during Easter Jeep Safari okay. Week that people could participate in you yourself, you know, all your listeners that are there, uh, please jump onto the website. There's going to be 50 projects done this year. Thanks wow. to Quadratech coming in on top of it and providing some assistance on budget. So there'll be 50, one in every state is the goal. Okay. Yeah. So there'll be many more than 50 because like we've already done five in Utah. Fair. Um, but 
that is all part of it. And these stewardship projects can be as simple as putting signs up, you know, to as simple as like we re-stickered the Cocopelli trail with the arrows. Okay. So that people knew that they were going in the right direction. And to stay um, on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. And to more difficult as we built a... Uh, we built a fence that went up around and protected some petroglyphs. So there, the fence was there where you could still see them, but not where you're up and damaging them so that you can be there for the long run. Great. So there's just, there's a lot of different options, a lot of different opportunities for people to get involved in that, but that's a great one. And then I also encourage from the land use perspective, get involved with your local land use group. So whether that's your state organization or, you know, say like we friends of Oceano right now, Mm -hmm. we've been doing this huge Pismo Beach fight. So if you are in that zone, you've ever been to Pismo Beach, you want Pismo Beach to stay open, become a part of that group. Because then that way your voice is also being heard within that element. And those groups are the ones that are able to lobby. So those are the ones that are fighting, quote, the government. You know, they have yep. the lawyers. They have the lobbyists. They ha- are the people that are helping us keep the land open from that end. So, um, so tread lightly is the preventative maintenance, right? The preventative one that's saying, hey, here's the education. Here's the knowledge base. Here's us keeping, showing the good faith of the off-roaders and what we do and the greatness that we do and then your local groups or your national groups there's the one that are saying okay we're we're boots on the ground we're fighting hard here we need to keep these trails open um orba is our business association one that's really strong for us because all of us in the industry understand if we don't have trails we don't have a job (laughs) we don't have a business right so um and we respect that so we work really hard from our business end also to support that that's great yeah so the off-road business association there um so yeah, you, man, we could just keep going on with all this different stuff. Let's let's get let, that. <laughs> there's I a mean, lot going well, on. Well, there's a lot. I mean, you you've been part of it. You've been yeah. uh, you immerse yourself in the off road industry, um, uh, whether you like it or not, I guess. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about the trip into. It's so much easier just to sell ice cream, though. I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it's not as fun. It's the, you wouldn't have the stories, Charlene. I would not have the. You stories. would not have the yes. shori- stories, or you, and I the, have the stories. and how many millions of friendships you know developed oh. out on the trails and and all that stuff. I'm so lucky. I tell everybody everybody that comes around like I'm the lucky one. Right. I'm the lucky one because I got to meet you. I got to hang out with you. I got to watch you grow. Like I'm the lucky. Right. Right. At the end right. Of the day. It's, yeah. it's it's rewarding. Yeah, yeah. like you like you say. So talk about the trip into uh, the Rubicon here for Jeepers Jamboree seventieth. Uh. Uh, so uh, give it give us some highlights of your group coming in and uh, how that all went. So uh, very excited. We had eight vehicles come through. Um, these ladies are on the Ladies Off Road Network VIP tour of the Rubicon Trail. And thanks to Bob and the whole group at Jeepers Jamboree for having us as part of this. Like this, I said, Bob, Jeepers Jamboree is the only way to make this work. And the 70th, like how cool would that be? And I really appreciate them for helping us make it happen. But the, the drive in and the way in was... I'm like mama bear happy right now. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I've been saying it and I mean it to such a huge respect. Uh, These ladies have been taking like the last six, six months to a year more 
working on their vehicles, building their vehicles up, understanding their vehicles, and then also coming and doing driver training and doing different things with me in order to get on that trail and on Thursday and have the confidence that we got this, sure. right? We got this. So, uh, the investment time that they put in showed off at a hundred percent. It was as we had no issues, no issues, no issues, no issues, no issues on the way through the Rubicon trail. And that is right. Well, that speaks volumes, right? I that mean, cause huge volumes. even, even se- seasoned wheelers have, you know, I mean, mechanical issues of mechanical issue. You try and fix everything you can right. and, and prevent it before getting here. But, but, uh, to do that, that's, uh, yeah, hats but off. There's to also you. driver, there's also driver inflicted <laughs> mechanical issues. One, yes, right? 100%. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt like, about it. You know, sure. Uh, we all backed up a couple times. Who cares? Yeah. That's what you do. Like you save okay, the equipment. That line didn't work. Yeah. Let's take this line. Like we all did that a few times. But to really get anybody into, there was no pickle moments. There's no okay. like butt pucker. Well, I'm sure there was a lot of butt puckering. <laughs> Speak for Never yourself. Mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but just smooth sailing. A great trip. The rock rollers out there were rad. <laughs> I had uh, a little packets of lifesavers that I threw out at them. I'm there like, you go. I got eight ladies behind. They're filling their bucket list right now. Thanks for helping out. And um, we made it in. We left the spillway at 730. Uh, and we had a nice casual day. We got to Spider Lake and got to hang out there for about okay. a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Just put our feet in the water, eat your lunch, settle uh-huh. down. Uh, we got into camp and we uh, pulled into camp. I'm like, okay, everybody park and grab a drink. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Let's celebrate. Yeah. So we parked really fast. We had a drink and we had a huge celebration cheer, uh, which was, it's. I, and you made it in before dark. Oh, we were way before yeah. dark. So we did that. We came down to dinner. I said, I think the next thing is food. Let's go eat. And then we won't stay for a long time. We'll just eat. And then we'll go back to camp and we'll set camp up. Okay. And everybody's camp, everybody's tent, everybody, everything was set up before dark. And that, again, speaks volumes yes. for this group. Like, they just, they kept on a great pace and did did the job. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool to hear. Yeah. So, so this is, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this was your first time bringing um, the group through the Rubicon at, at, at right? Yes, yeah, first Rubicon time bringing a, a Ladies Off-Road Network okay. group through the Rubicon. Uh, we had a couple people that wanted it. They had it on their bucket list. And, you know, I listen. I always listen to sure. people. So I'm like, oh, you want to do that? And then I start looking around. I'm like, okay, this how is can, how we're going to do that. How can we make we're this happen? Well, I'm Charlene. Hello. Yeah. Like, we can't just do it normal. We got to do it like <laughs> rad. <laughs> right? Like, we got to take there it to the go. next level. We're not yeah. just going to bebop through the Rubicon Trail. No, we're going to come on the 70th anniversary of Jeepers Jamboree. Like, we got to make it rad somehow. It's definitely rad. Yeah. What a what a great experience. Yeah. So, you keep setting this level, this bar <laughs> so high, Charlene. You got to be careful, you know? Um no, that's good. You keep striving for perfection there and, and, uh, and the evol- evolution of this whole deal, right? I mean, this has probably already gone way beyond wherever your wildest dreams thought it would, would go, right? I, I mean, have it's no just, idea. Yeah, you just, we had just, no idea what we were right. doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but we have online, online education coming up. 
Um, all the lessons we've been doing, we've been recording them, so they'll be online. So there's going to be uh, a pocket, a database here real fast. And guys are welcome to it. Um, it will be, it'll actually not be under the Ladies Offer Network brand. It'll okay. be under a different brand name. Okay. So that will be fun and Guys need just as much education as women do. But they don't just, listen. You know that. Yeah, I do. Okay. And, but I just didn't know how to deliver it. Right. Because of exactly kind of that challenge. Yeah, yeah. So my plan is, I'm going to I'm gonna. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Okay. Out, right? Wait, Are let me take a sip. This? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Take a sip of that whiskey. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. So the plan right. is, is, of course, I'm going to put it online, and it's going to be online education. Um so now, guys, girls, whomever, can take the education in the comfort of their own office. Okay. And then walk out like, boom, look what I know. See? I, I think like it. going to work I well. like it. Yeah. yeah. And then as you guys want to come to Moab, then you just structure that time and we structure it on the calendar. And sure. then now is when you get your hands-on portion of it and put it put it into put it put it to practice put it to work yeah yeah okay there's so much you can learn in the comfort of your own home and it's just a matter of learning it the right way that's all i ask yeah 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 for sure yeah yeah, there's and there's so much i mean it's you know as long as i've been involved with the off-road industry and everything i mean i'm always learning something you know and i i help teach that class but i never profess that i know everything just because i've been doing it for years because i the vehicles change and it's learning and and we have you know these new vehicles come out and it's like hey tell me how the center diff- differential works and I, i'm pretty good mechanically inclined i'm like i honestly don't know but i know somebody that i can ask you know and, and exactly. learn more about this because i want to learn too so it's it's a cool cool process uh, and weekends like this uh you know everybody thinks that we're on vacation here too. Yeah. The, the industry right we're not uh like we had a meeting yesterday there's a bunch of us all sat down and when that dumb idea comes to fruition <laughs> y'all just keep your pants on for that one yeah. it's gonna be pretty crazy um but I'm also asking, oh, what's next or what's going on or the new products are coming out and we're all chit-chatting in the background. So there's a lot of work going on, you know, dynamics. So I was just talking to John with Anti-Rock. Okay. And he was telling me how they were working with some new... Um, new component pieces and trying to upgrade them even more, you know? So there's always innovation in these guys' brains. And, you know, that's what I love about the Rubicon Trail too, is because they're out here testing what they are working on. So as you see us here in the industry, there's a lot more happening in the background, which is also fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've been on the the trail numerous times where you see Jeep out here, the executives and, Mm. you know, the engineering team testing their their product and seeing. And and that's why Jeep has excelled is because they've listened to their audience and have created the vehicles that they have today, uh, which is great. And Bronco, obviously, is the the most recent um, uh, example of that. But uh, the Bronco, I had the had the benefit of spending a week with it in Colorado at the Bronco Fest there. And very capable vehicle. <laughs> I totally pulled a Charlene and I was the first one there every morning because I wanted the one with all the bells and whistles, right? <laughs> and I kept jumping in it because I needed to prove it over and over and over again. And I needed to understand all the buttons and I needed to understand how I was going to teach this. And I needed to understand what was happening. Um, luckily, Brad Lovell was there mm. and a couple of the other people that right. were been on the project forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, okay, so how is this day bar working and how are these gears working and how is this working? And so they got down and dirty with me on the technical side. And when 
again, back to you, we want to know the why, mm-hmm. right? And so as you understand the why, like, got it. And Starts. that way is the pro tip. If you get a Bronco is to get that stay bar disconnect. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's incredible. And so many of the... I feel so many of the people that are out there selling Broncos and the Ford dealerships, they just don't understand. No. And so they're not helping the customer be successful, especially if you want to take it off road. Right. And there's nothing aftermarket yet, but I keep talking to the aftermarkets that are like in that line of work. I'm like, so how are you going to overcome the Bronco thing with all these people that didn't get the stay bar disconnects? Mm-hmm. So we're going to see a huge new growth in our aftermarket with that category. Also, it's going to be fun to watch. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So uh, your dad joined us here a few minutes ago. Let, let's talk about your upbringing in the off-road industry and your, your family a little bit. Gosh, we got to talk about dad. Maybe. I don't <laughs> know. He, he's not even listening. Yeah. So he, uh, um, my dad was a ISDT gold medalist racer back in the early 70s. Um, he just never two wheels, two wheels, yeah, two wheels for yep. the, for our, our audience that doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Bull talker. That's going back. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, with Malcolm Smith and the whole gang on that edge. And so, uh, so that's what, that's where he came in. And then, uh, I, he, they were in Austria two months before I was born where he got his last gold medal. And then they came back and I was born and Pismo was their stomping grounds. And so they were going to Pismo all the time in a white van and a dirt bikes, right? Back yeah. in the day in the mid seventies. So I'm, I'm not sure who called it. I'm going to probably say my mom. <laughs> She's like, enough is enough. We need something more here. So uh, dad ended up getting out of dirt bikes and bought his first flat fender race Jeep. Okay. It was a race Jeep out there at Pismo. And so that Jeep then got him into the four-wheel drive market. Um, but as the Jeeps built, the, the flat fender group that friends that mm-hmm. he was with continued to build uh, came out in the Jeepers Jamboree. Well, you can't take a race motor through the Jeepers Jamboree. Right. So they ended up buying these uh, motors out of the junkyard and just being able to like drop a motor in for the the Rubicon and then put the fast motor back in for Pismo. Right. It's a continual thing. It's still happening. (laughs) But, um, so that's, that's part of the background. Um, my brother and I grew up in the backseat of a flat fender then essentially between here on the Rubicon, Ford ice, Moab. We're very lucky that my parents took us all these places. You know, as a kid, you don't realize how lucky you are, right? Like, let's be really honest about it. As an adult, you're like, oh, dang. And then you take your kids and you're like, they don't even understand. No. Nope. <laughs> and how much work's involved yeah, and everything, right? I'm like, oh, boy. So so then we outgrew the backseat of the flat fender. Right. So dad kicked us out and we got back onto dirt bikes. So okay. dirt bikes was our mainstay for a long time. Uh, KTMs. And we would do 500 miles in a weekend in the Reno, Nevada yeah. desert area. So that was our big deal for a long, long time. Uh, and then... I really didn't get back, you know, dad still had his Jeep. He still did Jeepers and did Moab and everything. And throughout my career, I didn't really come back into the four wheel drive market until I started my business in 2008. Oh, really? And that is when, um, I got pulled into King of the Hammers. So mm-hmm. I was number three with King of the Hammers and helping get that set up. 
and then that whole thing just spiraled me right back into the four wheel drive market. So I've been had buggies, and uh, I'm the fastest girl at backdoor two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's quite the title to have. I was gonna say that. Might, might want to be careful who you share that yeah. information with. Yeah, that's Greg awesome. Even Raceline loves to introduce me like that. And the fastest girl at backdoor, and I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Do we have to go there again? <laughs> that's great. So if you, if you know, you know. If you don't look up King of the Hammers, please don't judge me. No, no, exactly. <laughs> What year was that? Oh, Is there video? Wow. That's what oh, I yes, want to know. There's definitely a video. Okay, I got to see that video. Yeah. I have not seen the yeah, video. Google, Google it. It's all over YouTube. There's a few different ones that are out there. Fastest girl at backdoor? Uh, yeah, Charlene Bauer, <laughs> backdoor, king of the hammer, something like okay, that. Okay, all yeah. right. We're going to look that up. Um, and so then I got back into the four-wheel drive market that way. But my parents continued to come. This is... Yeah, how on and years? off, forty-fifth uh, or so year that they've been on the Jeepers Jamboree, Flatville was a thing. Um, my parents were like the head headliners of that. My mom made the big sign, so it would go across the trail, and it was Flatville. So all the flat vendors flat would park Jeeps, together yeah. and hang out together. And there's always a big show on Saturday afternoon, like right now, and um, so that was cool and. This is the first time the flatty hasn't come in. He brought his LJ, but yeah, the luxury uh, rig. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, you're really gonna like that AC though. Yeah, <laughs> see, he's nodding his head. Yeah, the big tires and the AC really make it nice. Yeah. But. So they say with age comes the cage, which happened with your dad. Yeah. Now with with even more wisdom and age, he it, it comes AC. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, but very. Very awesome. I was explaining to some people in the line last night while we were waiting for dinner. You know, my dad really gave me, like, the technical skills. He's super smart, super intelligent, uh, building all kinds of crazy things. You know, he has a workshop in his garage, and he just goes out and mills stuff, and then he polishes it. Yeah. (laughs) If you know, you know. again. Yeah. And um, I also got my procrastination skills from him. (laughs) And I also got my crazy packing skills from him. (laughs) But uh, my mom is also a major role in, you know, being a part of this. And I look at all the ladies that are co-drivers on these trips and having a great time. And especially as a kid, my parents never let us come on this trail. Really? We were never allowed on Jeepers Jamboree. This was their trip, their thing, their thing, their thing. My mom loved it because she didn't have to cook, right? Right. Got to go on vacation and didn't have to cook, didn't have to do anything, just had to help set up a tent. And here they were having a good time. Um, but my mom is a crack up and she's running around having all kinds of fun. And so... I didn't actually come on the Jeepers Jamboree until I was in my 30s. Really? And I came in an Ultra 4 car. <laughs> so all I had was like a small duffel bag and a sleeping bag. Right. <laughs> yeah, like there's no the room. The rest, yeah, and, and a couple coolers, uh-huh. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. got to have your yeah. liquid beverages. <laughs> and Ice so cold. they're like, who is, is that Charlene? <laughs> It lasted like three hours. And then, of course, every day, oh, I saw Charlene doing this. I saw Charlene doing this. Like, they would get full reports on me. I'm like, come on, people. What happens on the Rubicon stays on the Rubicon. For the most part. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, the first night we got here, came down to the bar. And luckily, I told him when I saw him in the morning, like, hey, I was at the bar last night. They're like, yep, we got all kinds of reports this morning at breakfast that you were at the bar last night. You can't hide. 
<laughs> that's great. But I love it. And, but that's the family atmosphere yes. here to Jeepers Jamboree. And if you haven't been on this trip, you need to make it a bucket list. You need to make it a goal. Um, it's sold out in one week for the 70th. Mm-hmm. That isn't, it's an anniversary year. That does not mean that's happening next year, but I would definitely understand when that date is to sign up and get yourself on task with it because you need to come and experience this. If you've never done the Rubicon Trail, this is the way to do it. Yes. And just, and then the camaraderie and the friendships that you meet and the people that you're on the trail with and front and back of you, you know, it's a little bit of a parking lot for sometimes to sure. meet some people, Yeah, hang out in the river, have a beer with somebody, meet some people. Guess what? We all have one thing in common and that's, we don't mind getting dirt under our nails and we love to be off road. Well, and the camaraderie is key word. I mean, it just the years, 70 years of this event. And I mean, there's people that have been, you know, every year they don't miss it. Right. Um, and, and seeing, and then there, there's a lot of new people here this year too, you know, myself included. And it's just, it's so cool. And you immediately, when you get into camp in the Springs, you just, it feels right. It just yeah. feels right. And I mean, spectacular place. Like we talked about here, um, the river, People are in the river behind us and, uh, you know, got cornhole game going on right now. A little vendor show going on, uh, getting ready for lunch. Like we just finished breakfast a little <laughs> bit ago. You do not go hungry on these events. No. Um, you rotate your schedule around the feeding schedule. You're cor- <laughs> you pretty much do. Pretty much do. That does yeah. dictate everything. So, And there's uh, such a ton of history here, too. Yeah. If you do some pre-work before you come. You can put some things together. Um, if you get here and, you know, you want to go on a hike or something, there's plenty of people that can point you in the right direction. Ask somebody. They will tell you, yeah, yeah. Go, go check this out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, our history lesson this morning here, which is always fun. With, and with the 60th. Rick, Rick Morris, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the 60th, we actually, Mark Smith was still alive. And yes. so we had Mark Smith here speaking. It's just incredible. And, you know, I say that, I say it sensitively, but we are losing a lot of our history yeah. in these years right now from the beginning of when the Rubicon Trail started and Jeepers Jamboree started. So the more and more that we can get from these guys, and well, now it's coming down to our generation. Yeah. You know, my parents have been coming forever and they're 80. So I'm glad that they're making the anniversary years, but, yeah, you know, carrying on from there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And Chris uh, Collard, you know, he recorded that whole deal with yeah. Rick this morning. So that's great uh, to just have that documented because, yeah, and he, he wrote a book. Rick did. Uh, so that was cool. He was signing those this morning. But, yeah, it, it, you come into these areas and you start hearing the... I mean, this trail especially. I mean, people that don't even off-road know the Rubicon or know that, oh, it's somewhere near Tahoe and, you know, it's some crazy trail and that people used to, you know, go to the springs for healing properties and all that (laughs) stuff, right? And (laughs) drive their cars in. You know, their two-wheel drive cars. Well, you can't even get near it now. So, two-wheel drive. And, you know, I knew this and it hadn't registered with me in so long, but the first person to ever drive on the Rubicon Trail, actually drive a vehicle, was a lady. It was? Really? Yeah. Is that what Rick talked about this morning? Really? Yeah. And that's in his book? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. How cool is that? That's very cool. Yeah. What what was she driving? home. You don't know. Oh, I don't know. I just I didn't get to hear all of the conversation. Something, something, yeah, something, something. 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 Yeah. Okay, there you go. I'll memorize it for the next time we. Well, chat. there you go. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well, um, we kind of got to get back at uh, get involved in some of this action here. I think, don't you? We got some whiskey to drink. 
Yeah. It's Saturday in the spring. I still have a little bit of Jack Daniels left. Okay. Uh, well, the, I <laughs> it's know where Saturday night. I know where We've more been is. We've doing good. <laughs> I know where more is. Um, oh no, I know. I I stock up. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's so, one thing you can't go low on here. So so how do we get a hold of you, Charlene, and and all these different uh, you know projects that you got going on? What's what's all your yeah, so your ladies, social media handles and your your websites and all sure. that good stuff. So Ladies Offroad Network is my main project right now. So that's ladiesoffroadnetwork.com. Okay. And then on Facebook and Instagram as Ladies Offroad Network. On Facebook, we do have two page. We have a page, which is like the outside space. And then we have a group. And you must be a lady to be in the group okay. portion, right? Because it's private. Um, but there is a lot more interaction within that zone. Uh, if you become a lifetime member of Ladies Offer Network, which is all I'm offering now as far as membership packages go, it's kind of a one and done. Got Welcome it. to our world. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Here we go. Chaos. Um, then you become, we use WhatsApp as our chat group. Okay. So then you become in a WhatsApp group and uh, there's a lot more engagement on that edge. Um from the Bauer Media side and the education side, you can just look me up, Charlene Bauer, on Facebook or Instagram. Follow that for now. Bauer Media is kind of mellowed out a little mm-hmm. bit, and our new one hasn't quite come up yet. So we're right on the cusp of that. Okay. And uh, so we should be good. Um, then uh, that's pretty much it. Like, I like to. I like to play on social media. My main one is Facebook, though. Is it? Okay. I was I'm not s- the Instagrammer as much See, as I'm I am IG. the Facebooker. <laughs> I'm, I'm not much Facebook, but I'm I, IG. Yeah. So. It's funny how everybody like, does. has their thing. And they're owned by the same, you yeah. know. Yeah, but all my videos right? are on Bauer Media's YouTube okay. channel. So every single thing funnels through Bauer Media's YouTube channel. So you can go there as okay. well. But. Yeah. I'm going to look up that uh, backdoor video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's going to be good. That might yeah. be the title of this episode, too. We'll figure this out. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear, uh, there, there's a couple good ones, and you can actually hear Greg Mulkey from Raceline oh, do you? announcing in the background. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's and Greg's fun. here. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Greg is here. So, um, well, awesome, Charlene. Uh, this has been a long time coming. This won't be the uh, one and only podcast, I'll warn you now. But there's going to be follow-ups because Perfect. I know I you're, uh, you're, there's way more to cover than an hour of sitting down chatting with you and i i love to hear all the progress and um congratulations on all your success in getting to this point and uh it's it's really cool to see see you just take charge and uh and 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 have people now just fully supporting it and well it's nice to see the the ladies doing their thing yes i hate the word empowerment i don't use it um but you know, I just I just love to see the ladies doing their thing and doing what they want and hitting their goals and making their bucket list happen. And any way that I can help provide the tools in order for somebody to be successful, guys or girls, it really doesn't matter to me. That's my job in yep. the off-road industry, and that's how I've always seen it. Um, I'm also a part of SBN, the SEMA Business Women's Network. And right now we're doing a Bronco build from through that, and that will be at its own booth at the um, West Hall, the new West Hall okay. for... SEMA this year, where again, women from the industry are working on building a vehicle that says, this is what we want the Bronco to look like, and this is how we like it to style out and everything. So it's been a really fun project with Ford on that as That's well. That's awesome. Um, but 
Yeah, so so many things in the in the realm of categories that are going on. Lots of balls being thrown. I don't know how you sleep. I don't think or it's when juggling. You find time I to fully sleep. think they're being thrown at me, but <laughs> it's all right. But we do it. But you're, we do it. You're catching them and you're There's running with them. There's plenty of whiskey. That's what. There you go. There you go. Going. Well, yeah. that's awesome. So thanks again. Uh, Thank you. I enjoy you. the rest of your trip. Yeah. And uh, we will be in touch. Yeah. All Let's right. Keep having fun. Let's See do you on it. The trail. See you on the trail. That's awesome. Well, what'd you think of that, Chris? Super awesome. So yeah, she's she. I mean, we could do several podcasts with her, and we 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 definitely need to do do a couple more follow ups here because uh, tread lightly. She's yeah. on the tread lightly board for Perhaps. that for the it was a new fairly new position within the past year, and um, you know, Rebel Rally, right? Uh, she won that uh, first year. Um, I mean, all just uh, so many accomplishments and, and, uh, being honored there in the, uh, off-road hall of fame, um, you know, just really cutting a path for, for women, uh, you know, involved with, want to get involved with off-roading and everything. And she's Absolutely. just saying, Hey, we, we can uh, kick ass too. And she they can do it just is, as well as we she's, can. She's passing, passing the, the guys up. Yep. Um, so it's freaking awesome. I, I, uh, it, it was a uh, fun to hear. And I learned a few things that I didn't know. Um, I'm talking with her and, and, uh, what the future holds and kind of where, you know, she's taken this, this ladies off-road network. Awesome. Um, so, uh, super cool. It was great catching up with her and meeting the group of ladies and seeing how excited they were to be in camp, you know, after accomplishing, <laughs> I mean, Rubicon trails, no joke. And, and people that have wheeled for years, you know, it's like three, four years of experience before they even, you know, think about doing the Rubicon, um, you know, unless you're just crazy like uh, James and Rhonda and just, you know, okay, we're going to, that's going to be our first All trail. in, baby. Yeah. All in. So, you know, uh, super cool. Um, I, I, we will definitely follow back up with her as she keeps uh, moving forward down this, this journey. Cool. Um, because, uh, yeah, I learned a, learned a couple things uh, that's, that's real exciting for the future there for them. So, yeah, so this is getting me all fired up. Man. Maybe I'm going to be on the jamboree next. <laughs> well, you year. should. You, you need to be out there. Everybody asks where you were. They're like, well, "Where's yep. Chris? Are you are you solo podcaster now?" And I'm yep. like, "Well, here I am." Well, it's I'm I'm accumulating vacation time. I'm okay. it's piling on. So next year is, you know, it's this is not unprecedented. I mean, the previous time I changed jobs. I missed pretty much every event in 2012 because I didn't have vacation time. Yeah. I missed, I didn't go to Meadow Lake at all in 2012. I missed it completely. Right. So I'm going to make it happen this year, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a good event. You know, it was, I, I've been wanting to go for years and it just finally lined up. Patrick goes, Hey, uh, you know, we could probably get you in on the food crew if you want to do it. You know, you work your ass off, but it's great. And so I'm like, yeah, sign me up. And I'm glad I did it. That was a great way to experience it. And um, I, I don't think I mentioned they, they have ice cream parlor there. Oh, you hate ice cream. I hate ice cream. So I go, <laughs> okay. I'm like, no way. So the, the Rotary Club does the ice cream there. And all these, and we interviewed Bob Sweeney. So that'll be a, the, the next episode, I think, here. But, um, you know, he talks about how all this money that's raised, all the tips at the bars and stuff, and the, the ice cream bar and all that go back into um, the American Legions there, and they, they did 49 scholarships for, for oh, students. That's, that's super cool. Yeah, so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great feel-good thing. All right, and you're having a freaking blast, and the money's going to a great cause, and, 
you know, the, I don't know how many thousands of, well, maybe thousands of dollars uh, in cans, aluminum can recycling, because I know at least two Jeep trailers got filled up with aluminum cans. Were they crushed at least, I hope? S- somewhat, somewhat. Jeez. There was people jumping up and down on them. Wow. So, uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, ice cream, hot fudge sundae, well, you know, with those sundaes and just hot fudge sundae with whipped cream, you know, cherry on top, nuts, uh, you get strawberry, you get caramel, um, and then they had a secret adult sauce, um, you know, which was probably vodka that, that could or be something. interpreted in a lot of different ways. Yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it kicked up the uh, the Sunday pretty good. Nice, nice. Um, so was was there is there power in camp? They must have generators huh. there. Well, that was kind of a sore subject. Oh, um, so there's a generator, uh, propane powered uh, generator, and um, it cut off. 10, 12 times a day. Oh, jeez. So, and it killed everything, right? It's powering the whole camp. Like the band and everything, the amplifiers. Yeah, the, I don't think it ever cut out where the band was going. Well, it did priority, cut out. It so. did. Well, the band that was playing for dinner, it cut out on them a couple times. Okay. Um, and they were great. The Rubber Bullet Band. Rubber Bullet Band. They were all string, um, guitar, banjo, you know, oh, bass. Okay, cool. Um, and they did a lot of covers uh, of some old country music, new country. Oh my god, it was they were really good. Cool. They was they sounded awesome, and they were playing right by our kitchen, so we got to hear them loud and clear. Um, but yeah, so you know, of course, there's lights in camp, and then there's the refrigerators, the freezers. Sure. Uh, you know, just goes on and on. You think about everything that's plugged in, that's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it would die. It would, something got hot and it would just shut off randomly at times. And one of the guys in the kitchen, Bart, well, he's kind of in charge of the generator too. So like he was in the middle of cooking breakfast pancakes, one of the griddles. Uh And he's like, all right, take over. I got to go get the generator fire back up. And he'd go running up the hill generator come back on and you know everybody would cheer and then he'd come back down to the kitchen so, uh, so i mean it sounds like they maybe needed a hardware upgrade there well something. something something was going on yeah and and i don't know they need Oli up there uh, electrician to to see what's going on but uh yeah the water water supply they had um a big filtration system for for potable water yeah um, and then, uh, you know, we had this big dish cleaning, uh, station. I mean, it was full commercial three sink, you know, soap, rinse and sanitation. Right. Um, and then all that was moved this year away from the Creek. Uh, so they moved it back. Um, uh, I don't know, people that are familiar with it, you know, it's, it's kind of at the, the very end of the, the standup eating area and they, in they have a cage in there that they put all the dry goods, um, keep the critters out. And then they got the dish station behind that now. And then a prep station on the side of that, um, with a couple ovens. Cool. Um, so that, that all got built just recently here since May and they've got the, the drain water from the, the kitchens going into a septic system and all that stuff now. So it's all, you know, there's just many improvements every year and, um, yeah, I mean, when you got that quantity of food to crank out, it's it's intense. I mean, these pots that we were cooking in, you know, were, you know, damn near three foot in diameter and three <laughs> foot tall. I mean, they were just, you know, well, huge yeah, aluminum yeah, pots. A lot of people, a lot of food. Making pancake batter in these pots 
and a huge whisk and getting the ratio right of uh, we we were using uh, I think we went through three cases of Budweiser beer um, and the pancake mix and water. <laughs> so so Budweisers and yeah the beer cakes yeah wow so good. So uh, <laughs> that's the only thing Budweiser is good for is making pancakes right. Um, but yeah, and you know, oh my gosh, I mean, it was literally gallons of pancake batter that we were whipping up. You had quite the experience and we could talk a lot more about it, but, uh, obviously the focus and we have more episodes coming with more content from Jeepers Jamboree. Uh, super cool. I'm inspired. I want to go next year. I'm going to try to make that happen. Um, but, uh, Ooh, sweet. Mark your calendar. November 1st is the uh, opening date for registration. And it sells out. Sells out. And what's the typical? I mean, is it hundreds of dollars? Millions of dollars. Million. Well, I didn't win the I didn't win the billionaire lottery. So. Well, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I think it's around six hundred bucks or something ahead. Okay. For the four yeah. day. Cool. You get fed and you get entertained. You get fed and entertained. And yeah. the, the bar you pay for the bar. You pay for the bar. That's what I figured. Yeah, Cash drinks bar. aren't included. Sweet. But okay. It's reasonable. So when was that? November what? November 1st. November 1st registration 2022 will open and then uh, you can uh, you get signed up for next year save your spot for 2023 the 71st. 71st. This is wow. Keeps on trucking. Well, what else? That's uh I think that's enough for now. All Unless right. you want more. No, we could go on and on and on, but this I is give be, till it hurts. This will be a long episode as it is. So All right. a lot of information that uh, is conveyed. Uh, so great wanna... to catch up with Charlene. Yeah, super. So that cool. was that was good. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, hit hit us up on uh, the social webs. What do we What do we got? IG. Yeah, Wheeling Wine Whiskey on the IG. Right, and then of course our website WheelingWineWhiskey dot com. Right, which is you, you can find all of our past episodes there, and of course our links to merch. And if you want to support the show, you can go to irate four by four from there. Right. Don't ever forget about that. irate4x4.com is a super great place to get more information. I'm sure there's information about Jeepers Jamboree there, too. Become part of the uh, Barrel Society. And uh, so I, I brought my old elk gas can flask out. Showed oh, there Char- you go. Charlene loved it. She goes, I want one. So I'm like, <laughs> well, you can get one by doing the, uh, you know, signing up on the Barrel Society there. <laughs> the old elk club. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, super cool. If you want to email us, you can email Jason or Chris at wheelingwinewhiskey.com. And uh, don't forget about our phone number. That is a, a direct connection to us where we can hear your voices. Love to hear your voices and they get played back on the show. That number is 408-800-5169. 408-800-5169. Yeah, give us a call. It goes straight to voicemail. Lorenzo's yeah, too, too, too lazy to answer the phone. <laughs> So we love it when you shock us. So yeah, bring it on. Yeah. There's some great, uh, great voicemails coming in. Uh, as you know, we just did that, uh, contest for, uh, gear Ridge Corey, the debt collection there. So, uh, right. yeah, good stuff. Give us a call. Uh, it was great meeting, uh, people out there. Welcome to the podcast. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, and I got to, to meet you out there at Jeepers Jamboree. Uh, there's only 166 more to yeah, listen to. Yeah. Get, get caught up. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Chris, we're out. We're out.